on today's show, the San Diego Padres lose the second game of this national series thanks to some poor pitching by Ryan Weathers and some really poor defense. But they did do pretty well in their return, the the, the rematch between old buddy of ours, Mackenzie Gore, going over those two games and talking about some defensive stuff with not just Juan Soto, but Fernando Tatis Jr., gold glove contender, maybe, possibly. All that and more, guys, you aren't listening to. So let's get started. You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, May 25th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres if you just want only Padres stuff and not whatever other stuff on my own account. I'm always doing something weird there, let me tell you. It's weird out here season, let me tell you. Uh, and check out the YouTube channel. And especially check out the YouTube channel today because we got a cool new look, man. Seriously, I'm not just saying. I'm not just saying that the fit and my clown hat. No, no, no. I'm not just saying that because of Jinx, Patman, or Tatis. No, we got like some cool stuff on the side here. Uh, new look for the show. Going to be updating it. It has like a little thing that shows you, you know, what's on today's show. In honor, of course, of the Spider-Man 2 footage that got shown yesterday for all my game heads out there. Not really, actually. It's just that we wanted to update the thing. So hopefully you guys like that. Just a nice little thing to kind of, I don't know, update the look of the show. So I hope you enjoy that. Let me know what you think. Of course, on today's show, we got to talk about these last two games that occurred for our San Diego Padres and talking a little bit about defensive stuff. Uh, So fun show today for sure, Uh, despite the result of last night's game. Unfortunately, uh, did not go the Padres way, despite a really nice win um, on Tuesday. Uh, after the off day on Monday, they had a, a nice a nice W uh, for sure, these Padres. And why am I not looking and centering to the camera? This is weird. I don't know why I'm not looking right at the camera. Very odd. I don't know. I'll have to figure that out later. But anyways, uh, they lose this game, unfortunately, by a score of 5-3. to three. It was a start by Mr. Ryan Weathers, uh, who wasn't terrible. Um, wasn't terrible. I don't think he was terrible. It was definitely one of those like classic Ryan Weathers starts that we used to get when he first got called up on this team, uh, where he just got really hit in one inning really poorly. Uh, but overall, six innings allows four earned runs, five total actually, but because of the Padres' three errors on the night that he had one that wasn't earned. <coughs> Ooh, coughing a lot right now. Um, two walks and four Ks. Hey, his ERA on the season is still 3.94. That's not like too bad. Um, by all accounts, like that's really not all that bad. It was 3.42 heading into the game. Considering he's a back end of the rotation starter, I'm not really all that uh, fussed about it. I think that it's still pretty cool um, that he still had a uh, an okay start, uh, all things considered. I know it was a Nationals lineup that has really struggled in a lot of ways, but it's a pesky one, and you kind of saw that in the... Let me make sure I got the correct inning here. It was the... Hold on one second. It was the bottom of the second in which the Nationals just kind of hit around. Um, in a whole lot of ways with Kybert Ruiz, who I talked with uh, Ryan Clary about how he's been struggling a bit. He ends up driving in a run. They get one from Alex Call. They get a sacrifice fly. CJ Abrams draws a walk. So just like one really, really bad inning 
uh, kind of for Ryan Weathers. And then there was a big double from Lane Thomas, who was another player that uh, Ryan Clary talked about when we did our crossover, who's kind of been low-key, just really, really a quality um, player for the Washington Nationals. Like one of the more underrated bats in the National League right now. So he's been good, but even still uh, unfortunate to see. And the Padres' runs only come um, from their two unlikeliest sources, dare I say? Like, on the team, when you think Padres hit home runs, these guys aren't the first ones that come to mind. It is from Runan Odor, again, uh, having himself a big game and goes with a home run here, allowing Juan Soto to also score. And that made the game 4-2, and then Hassan Kim actually made it 5-3 after that Lane Thomas double uh, with his own solo shot. By the way, Hassan Kim in the month of May uh, really does need to be talked about. I expect him to be an average at bat. WRC plus of like 103, 104, 105, around that range. And this last month, he has been showing it. He's been playing really well after a really, really pretty uh, pretty poor start uh, by what I was expecting from him. But this month, let me actually bring up what he's been slashing this month real quick. He's hitting 270 with a 343 on base and a 413 slugging, as opposed to April when he was 177, 278, 278. Uh, for his slash line. So he's been a lot better hitting for a little bit more power. This is what I expect from him. I'm not, I don't think that this is the beginning of a turnaround and him becoming an all-star or anything like that. But I do think average major league at bat with incredible defense, versatility, and then field. That's all you need out of Hassan Kim. So I'm thrilled with that for sure. And I think that uh, Padres fans should be too. I know Padres fans like to get on this guy a lot, but uh, it's, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame really, if we're being honest with you. Um, it's just, I, I've never understood it. Like if you're going to have a week at bat in a lineup that has Soto and Manny and Tatis and, and, uh, and Xander Bogarts, like it's okay if you do, especially because that guy gives you plus on the other side of the ball. So that's really good for Hassan Kim. Love to see him doing well. I'm hoping the rest of the team can, because while Hassan Kim has gotten a lot better over the course of this last month, we've seen a lot of guys drop off dramatically. Uh, Xander Bogarts being one of them. He has a golden sombrero in this game going 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. While Soto doesn't get a hit in this game, he does draw two walks, which is very nice. And we got to talk about Juan Soto at some point. Uh, we're going to talk about his defense as well, which I've talked about. It feels like every podcast, I feel like I've talked about Juan Soto's defense. I mentioned the three errors uh, by the Padres in this game. And whew, uh, let me tell you, Soto every time. And I actually see I watch the games with my mom most often. Right. And she's always watching. And. She's more of a Yankees fan, more of a New York person, but she loves watching the Padres because of me. And she's just like always keeps telling me like it feels like a miracle every time he catches the ball that like he doesn't fumble with it a little bit. And he does in this game. It doesn't count as like a full blown error uh, later on in the game. But it's just these these little things where you feel like he's always fidgeting with the ball. He doesn't have a full grasp of it. Just uh, not great. Let me tell you, not great uh, from from Juan Soto. In fact, to be precise about how not great it is, according to baseball savant, He's 32nd percentile and outs above average. His outfielder jump isn't bad, but his arm strength has not made up for it in the 48th percentile. So that kind of backs up what I've seen. Uh, and I mentioned this, um, I think, a couple weeks ago. He was actually in the red for um, outs above average, and I just said, I, I don't see it. Like, I just didn't see it. And we're, we're seeing why, right? I think that one of the issues with Soto is on top of not getting a good jump to the ball, on top of just kind of fidgeting with the ball whenever he gets it and not having necessarily the best arm strength. He just kind of looks like a tree out there. When you compare him to people like Grisham and Tatis, who really cover a lot of ground and get to the ball really quickly and just overall make you more confident 
And Soto has not done that. Now, granted, he has been on fire. We're going to talk a, a little bit more about him. This is a little bit of a Soto-centric show, dare I say. But um, yeah, just not great from him. And I said at the time when he was in the red for all those defensive numbers, I just felt that was circumstantial. And I thought that it was, well, he just hasn't had many attempts lately. He hasn't had a lot of balls hit his way. And that's why it looks a little bit better. You know what I mean? He's made the easy routine plays. And now you're seeing that stuff is catching up to him. So Soto's defense is certainly a problem uh, for the Padres. Not their biggest problem, though. Uh, I think that overall, while there were a lot of errors in tonight's game, I wouldn't freak out because their defense still as a whole is pretty great. They have a plus glove at nearly every position with the exception of catcher and left field. Um, Brett Sullivan, speaking of catcher, uh, makes a really errant throw in this game just a little bit high uh, over at second base trying to nab uh, C.J. Abrams on the base paths, which is already a really fast runner, so I wasn't expecting him to get thrown out anyway. But throws in the center field, allows C.J. Abrams to get to third. Um, just, Just not good stuff there. But aside from that, first base is fine with Cronenworth there. Second base, obviously, with Kim. Xander Bogarts has been very good defensively. You've got Manny. Uh, Manning third usually I know he's hurt and apparently the update is that uh, he might not be ready for Friday unfortunately um, but yeah they, um, they, they they've been pretty plus defensively almost around the track pretty good stuff from the Padres overall something that I was worried about them heading into the season and while you guys might be expecting me to go into my joker mode which I certainly am not opposed to doing I'm not I would love to uh, but I expected them to win two out of three. So if they lose tomorrow, which I believe, do they play early, early tomorrow? They do play a little bit early tomorrow. If they lose tomorrow, then we can talk a little bit. Then I might go a little bit joker uh, in this uh, in this whole video presentation format known as a video podcast, I guess, whatever. I'm not making a lot of sense today because I'm really tired. <clears throat> I don't know what it is, but there's something about we're getting into seasonal depression mode for Javier uh, on top of depressional Padres mode. So that's what's going on with me. But let me tell you something that doesn't put me in depression mode, folks. Let me tell you about bird dogs, man. These things are fit. I mean, seriously, what I like about bird dogs the most. Look, first of all, let me just be clear. Like these are some great clothing options. I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, they even have a nice little tumbler, like a nice little, you know, like, like a, what's it called? Like a coffee cup sort of thing with the little lid that they sent. That thing's awesome too. And the lid doesn't break off like it has for a lot of other tumbler things that I've gotten before, but they have stretchy fabric that makes your legs and particularly my legs in this case, more comfier than ever before. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, seriously, it's great. I, I've, I've really enjoyed wearing them. They sent me a couple and it's the type of thing that you can wear and feel comfy and it fits for every scenario. You want to go hiking. You want to be at a, a somewhat dressy function. I don't know. These things work for that. They're short, they're slick, and they just kind of, um, they just kind of get the, get the job going. Let me tell you, college football nerds say they are the perfect pants for dads that have a little extra gut. Bird dogs makes them look great and feel comfortable. Part of my take host PFT famously never wears pants. And the only shirts shorts he truly loves are bird dogs. It's true. Sure. Straight from the horse's mouth. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you should check that out. Um, Seriously, though, guys, go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. When you enter promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Like I said, those Yeti things are fantastic. Really like them. Seriously, check them out. They're super comfortable, slick. Love them. One of my favorite sponsors of the show that we've had in quite a long time, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Love comfortable clothing. 
very much. So again, guys, birddogs.com slash MLB and enter that code LockdownMLB for the free Tumblr. And we're back, everybody, here on the Lockdown Padres podcast. I must say, because of this new you know, show format, I, I feel like I've been a little bit messing up, dare I say, on my words. It's also been a little bit since I did a podcast by myself. I've done so many crossovers last week that have been great, in my opinion. I think they've turned out really well, but that's the case here. And, and, and on the video, it makes I'm not looking straight at the camera, so I have to figure that out. I don't know why exactly that's, uh, that's happening. Maybe what if I move it like right here? Let's see here. Like right there. Yeah, that made it work a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay. All right. Not too bad. I'm looking straight at the camera once again. Um, feel free to leave a comment, guys. Again, thank you for making uh, this your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Leave some comments about what you think of the new video YouTube setup and let me know what you think. It's just it's my first day doing it, though. Uh, but hopefully you like it. Let's talk about the ne- the other game uh, up from Monday. I'm sorry, for Tuesday in which the Padres had a reunion with one Sir Mackenzie Gore. <laughs> and let me tell you, this was a really fun game. There was a lot of offense, 7-4 to four score final for the Padres. And what I liked about it so much is, and some people, there was a couple, some people mentioned me in some comments saying like, oh, look at you, you were freaking out about Gore and, and look at him, you know, relax. He had a good start. He's not that good. He goes four and two thirds in this game, giving up three earned runs uh, on seven hits. The more concerning thing was he walked four and struck out five. So look, I still think Gore looks really great. Every time I watch that guy pitch, I know he struggled at the end of his Padres tenure, but considering he went on the IL very shortly after, that's probably why uh, that he uh, struggled at the end of his tenure with the Padres because he was getting ready to go on the IL and he was hurt. So with Gore uh, versus Darvish, uh, Darvish ends up coming out on top in this one. Six innings, three earned runs on six hits. Uh, one walk in 4K is certainly not the best Darvish start in the world. And when you look at his overall numbers, they don't blow you out of the water, you know, with the 3.67 ERA, but low whip at 1.12. He's looked great, I think, for the most part this year. He's just steady. And while he hasn't had like the U Darvish start yet, uh, he's still going really deep into games um, for the most part, especially at his age. That's really cool. And he's going to tinker. And remember that last year, his strikeout rate spiked in the second half in a good way. Obviously, in a good way. In a good way. And maybe this is just him finding things out. So while you might be looking at the strikeout totals and saying, ah, that's not what I'm used to from you, Darvish. First of all, he's older. And second, he'll figure it out, I think, as the season goes along. If I'm going to have some faith in someone like uh, uh, Blake Snell to figure it out as the season goes on, then you have to for you, Darvish, right? He did this last year. And he was good. Don't get me wrong. He was better for a start last year in terms of allowing runs and going deeper into games than he has been so far this year. But... Um, he also sh- was not necessarily up there in strikeout rate, but for the second half that spiked. So I'm expecting him to be a lot better as the season goes along. I haven't really seen anything to suggest otherwise, um, for sure, which is great considering he just got a giant contract extension. I'm great. I'm really glad that unlike Manny Machado, uh, he hasn't had like a poor beginning to his contract extension. So that's really cool. Um, and in this game, we got some good old RBIs. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you know I love some RBIs. Xander Bogarts, while he did have the golden sombrero uh, in last night's game, he did have a two-run shot in the top of the first inning after Mr. Juan Soto got on base with a hit. His return to Nationals Park 
that was really cool. And I liked seeing kind of the ovation for him. That was really fun. Just a lot of really fun vibes in this game. First, it's the Padres seeing CJ Abrams again. It's them seeing Gore. It's the Nationals fans seeing Soto, right? Like the only one that was missing is uh, Mr. Luke Voigt, who's not on the team anymore, unfortunately. I, I missed that guy. Um, then there was a home run from Brandon Dixon, who I don't really have any takes on. He hits a shot in this one, 426 feet, which was rad. Um, I don't really have any thoughts on Brandon Dixon for the most part. I think that he is just a fill-in for the time being for Manny Machado, and I'm not really freaking out. It was nice to see him get a hit, though, because Lord knows this offense, on top of its top players being really inconsistent, Soto being bad the first month, and then Xander being great, but now it's the other way around, right? Like The bottom of the lineup needs to be a lot better um, in certain situations. So if Brandon Dixon can allow anything, and he's a guy that did pretty well uh, when he came back to AAA. If I'm not mistaken, he had an OPS over a thousand, actually. So I think that's why the Padres were interested in him and they bring him back and he was great. So happy about that. And Juan Soto also hits a home run in this game, a solo shot to make it five, three Fernando Tatis Jr. Had a sack fly and Mr. Jake, the Ray Cronenworth home run allowing Xander Bogarts to score. That was kind of the big stuff that happened here. There's also CJ Abrams home run. Um, I do want to quickly talk about it because this is relevant. Um, I talked basically all about this with Ryan Clary for uh, Monday's episode. Don't get me wrong. You should go check that out where we talked about the trade in more depth, the Juan Soto trade, of course, how that's all feeling. And my, my vibes about Abrams are, I actually think that the guy can play. I think that he's got a lot of talent and I think that him being called up and being in the league so early and making waves as a prospect at such a young age uh, really speaks a lot towards his potential. And I think that the Padres rushed him and called him up way too fast. And I was a big proponent of just letting Hassan Kim play. But of course that all they saw was the diamonds and the stars. And that's what ended up happening. And I think that he really wasn't um, all that great for the Padres. So hopefully he can um, do better for the nationals. I'm really pulling for the guy. I hope, I hope he's great. I think he will be great in time. He's just, he's not Bryce Harper. You know what I mean? So nationals fans, I know you remember the, you called that guy, that kid up at like age 12 and he was great immediately. That's that's usually not the outcome, right? So um, overall in this game, though, not much to talk about. It was just really cool seeing a reunion between these two sides and kind of seeing our old buddy uh, and Mackenzie Gore and us beating him. I love it. Um, I, I was happy that I didn't have to record an episode where Mackenzie Gore went five innings or six innings, struck out 12, walked one, and only allowed like one home run to Soto, right? Like, I'm really happy because then I would have had to do an episode talking about, you know, oh my God, I have to fend off all the flames and all these things about missing Gore. Um, and again, go check out my episode with Ryan Clary. My issue with the Juan Soto trade or potential issue with the Juan Soto trade has nothing to do, it is like five to 10% to do with Soto's actual skill. Um, and 90% just to do with the overall team building aspect and what this means for the Padres going forward. Um, speaking of team building aspect, it turns out I, I actually saw Kylie McDaniel for the athletic. I think it was um, or somewhere else. What is Kylie McDaniel right for? I don't even remember, but I saw some prospect list going around that had Jackson Merrill, like number 10 for top prospects, Ethan Salas, the catcher, very young catcher at around 23. So that's exciting for Salas. I don't think this should trade these guys. Right. But that's just, to keep an update on the farm, that's pretty cool. But before we get into some last two points and looking at tomorrow's or today's, if you're watching this, today's uh, the last game of this national series, guys. And again, 
my apologies for kind of being a little bit all over the place. I'm still trying to figure out some gizmos to run the show and whatnot. Um, let me just take a quick second to talk to you about money. But more specifically, Rocket Money. And you know what I like about Rocket Money? Here's the thing. You've heard about Max, right? The weird name change from HBO Max, which somehow HBO is the problem. You got into Max. Maybe you for, you might forget. Maybe you might forget. Maybe you want to cancel your subscription. Maybe you don't, and you're just going to like look at your bill at the end of the year and be freaked out. And you're going to say, what's Max? What's, what's who? What are all these things? I don't know where these charges are coming from. Rocket Money. Let me tell you, they do something really cool for you. Do you know how much subscriptions really cost in total? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, but it's actually closer to a total of $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. If you don't want to be with HBO Max, Max, whatever anymore, don't worry. They help you out. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels all of your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Do not make mistake the hiccups. I'm very excited about Rocket Money. It's just these things happen. Uh, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you are one of them. I know I am as well. Maybe you got like a Stars app. Maybe you've got a, you know, not to hate on my nerd side, but maybe I got a comic subscription you're not necessarily using anymore. Maybe so, whatever, whatever it is. Maybe it's a, a, a Paramount Plus, whatever it is. Uh, they help you out for sure. So just go to Rocket Money. They can easily find all your subscriptions for you. You just hit cancel and Rocket Money does it for you. Just like that. Isn't that great? It's really cool, right? So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Remember that's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Go check it out. And we're back here, ladies and gentlemen, on this here Locked On Padres Bonanza podcast where I I look loopy. You know what I mean? I look weird. I feel weird. It's just a weird vibe for today's show. It feels like I'm stumbling a lot. I just haven't recorded by myself in a while. Um, but the last thing I kind of wanted to talk about were two things. Uh, number one, I wanted to talk about Tatis. And number two, I wanted to talk about Juan Soto's uh, tenure with the Padres. Let's actually reverse that. Let's talk about Soto first. Soto has been one of the best players um, in baseball for the last like 21 games or so since May 1st. And I tweeted this out before the game. This is before last night's game. So the stats are probably just a tad bit off. But before last night's game, he had a 459 on base percentage since May 1st, which is the second best among all qualified position players in baseball. He had a 467 weighted on base, which is the fourth best among all qualified players in Major League Baseball, he has a 203 WRC plus, which is the fifth best, and a 1.3 F4 mark over that stretch since May 1st, which is tied for third with a whole bunch of other players. It's like a six-way tie because F4 is a little bit more of a number that can uh, easily be tied. That makes sense. I don't know how it does make sense, but baseball people probably know what I mean. Anyway, he's tied with a bunch of people for third. He's been phenomenal, uh, and he's been really carrying this Padres offense, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, heading into, you know, this month. Yeah. Soto had struggled, uh, pretty mightily at the plate, more infield fly balls. He was striking out more, uh, than he ever has really before. Um, except with the exception of maybe his rookie or sophomore season, he's striking out a lot more and just missing pitches and just kind of, 
hitting too many balls on the ground. There I say the air. I know when I say hit the ball on the ground, everybody thinks Eric Hosmer, the ground ball gremlin supreme that he is, but it wasn't, it wasn't quite that level, but it was still more than what we're used to hitting less line drives. And if the fly balls were hit, there were a lot of them in the infield. So he just looked uncomfortable at the plate. Did he get a little bit unlucky? Yeah. And even last year, he got a little bit unlucky in terms of just his BABIP last year. He had a 249 BABIP, which kind of explains his low batting average total for last year. And this year it was kind of the same thing. Um, But overall, he also was getting a little bit unlucky with some strike calls. Granted, granted, even if he was right on some pitches that might've been a little bit outside the zone, he wasn't swinging. He wasn't being aggressive enough. You still at some point need to swing the bat and can't leave it in the eyes of the umpire all the time. Right. Especially for calls that are, yeah, it's outside, but it's only a little bit outside. So like, are you going to hate the umpire for getting that one wrong? Um, You know, like I saw, there was a pitch to Xander Bogarts in his third at bat that was way low, low middle, and they it got called a strike. Like it was, it's nothing like that. Soto has had a lot more pitches that are like you know um, marginal uh, on the lines. You know what I'm saying? So uh, Soto still deserves blame for that. But ever since then, he's been fantastic, and this was supported by his overall career. I mean, this guy's hard hit rate was through the roof. His exit velo, his his swing, his whiff rates, everything. Like he has been great. Sure. There were moments this first this first month. I do not blame people who were a little bit worried about Soto's start because he was hitting more infield fly balls. He was swinging through a lot more fastballs, right? Like he was just swinging right through them, striking out more. I understand that. But overall, I did not expect that his bat would stay that way. Um, and I don't think anybody really was either, given his, given that he's Juan Soto. You know what I'm saying? And um, he's been fantastic. And he's been one of the reasons that the Padres have been able to score at all. If only they would drive him in, that would be even better. If Tatis could get going just a little bit more, if Xander Bogarts can wake up a little bit, that'd be great too. But uh, yeah, so Soto deserves a lot of credit there. My issues with Juan Soto, aside from the trade and dealing assets and stuff, are his defense. Talked about his defense already. His outs above average is now in the 32nd percentile. He made an error last night. That was a big thing. And I am wondering, uh, as time goes along, whether or not that defensive stuff is going to just hamper him. And this is just who he is. I am starting to wonder that because he looks bad out there, man. Not like all time bad. I don't think this guy's like a Kyle Schwarber tier of defender, but wouldn't it shock me if he finishes in like the 10th percentile again, it was like bottom one last year, you know, he's, he got nominated for a gold glove somehow, but he was like bottom one. So I hope he gets better. But when I see him out there, just the eye test, whatever you want to call it, does he get to balls quick? Doesn't have the best, arm in the world and he fumbles with the ball like routine sort of plays you're nervous every time the ball gets hit to him Uh, maybe i'm wrong but it it, there is a vibe there and that's what's going to prevent him from achieving that high f4 total and being a potential mvp candidate is if he can't clean up his defense so we'll see how that transpires but that's annoying but uh speaking of gold glove fernando tatis jr oh man oh man Oh, man. I mentioned earlier how one of the things about the Padres this year has been overall defense. Basically, they have plus defenders at every position with the exception of left field and catcher. Don't get me wrong. Those are two very important positions that I very much like to uh, improve on defensively. But one of the big surprises, one of the great revelations that we've had this year is the defense by Fernando Tatis Jr. And that's one of the reasons why he's been so good this year. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not freaking out or anything like that. Overall numbers on Savant aren't 
as incredible as they usually are. Yes, he's whiffing at a lot more pitches. He's chasing pitches. He's he's not walking, which is probably his biggest overall flaw. 301 on base percentage currently. He is slugging the ball. Don't get me wrong. He's still got a positive OPS of 769. I'm not worried because he's still in the red for a lot of the important categories, like his hard hit rate. That's still good. Still makes good contact with the ball. But he's going to need some time. And I said this, and this needs to be brought up, because I remember Padres fans and media and Twitter were getting annoyed because some Fangraphs writers dared to suggest that his first year might be more of the four-win type of pace. His first year back post-injury and first year back post-suspension. Um, uh, post and people got outraged, right? I'm looking at you, Aunt Giannis Antigatapoodle, or whatever his name, <laughs> that guy's name is on Twitter. I love him. I love him. But I remember everybody was crapping on this poor writer from Fangraphs because of that. And look what's happening. I'm not saying it's going to continue this way. It's just we really need to be careful with making assumptions about baseball assumptions about sports in general, based on data, especially making assumptions like that is wrong. And you can make predictions and say, I think that is going to be great. That's fine. But blaming folks that may have a different opinion is something that I do not necessarily jive with, especially when it comes to things like who's going to be better. You know what I mean? Like, come on, that's not worth getting upset about. Um, But what has kept him in his total, like F4 in terms of on the Padres, I believe if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to check it right now, but he already might be Tatis in terms of F4, one of the highest guys on the team. I'm actually going to look right now. And this is not taking into account like any projections or anything like that, like not counting. Um, what's it called? Um, not counting like uh, overall projections for the end of the season. And yes, he's played less games than everybody else. Uh, considerable less amount of games, but he's third in F4 on the Padres. Leader is Xander Bogarts, especially because of that great first month. Second is Juan Soto. And third is Fernando Tatis, your fourth. Hassan Kim, by the way. Uh, yeah, y'all, y'all keep trying to trade this man. Stop it. But the big reason why Fernando Tatis Jr. is up there is because his defense has been exemplary. He looks amazing out there. I talked about it on Monday with Ryan Clary. Sprint speed, 97th percentile. Outs above average, 92nd percentile. Outfielder jump, 97th percentile. And arm strength, 99th percentile. The arm strength we've seen plenty of times with outfield assists. We haven't necessarily seen it this series, but he looks great. You want to see night and day defense? You go look at Soto and then you look at Tatis. And I'm not saying this is a question of, I don't want to hate Soto because he's doing so much on the other side of the ball at the plate. But I'm just bringing up like that. That's what a struggling defender looks like. I hope he figures it out. I'm not trying to be mean to the man. Right. But Tatis has transitioned beautifully better than the Padres honestly could have hoped. And at this level, at this point. Yeah, we might have to start talking about whether or not this guy's going to win a gold glove. We're still again. He hasn't played nearly as many games. Let's be clear. He's only played 28 games uh, total so far this year. But just in terms of how everything's looked so far, I mean, if you want to just compare to other right fielders, in fact, um, Tatis has been phenomenal. And I, I do think that if you take into account, I mentioned that Juan Soto was nominated for a gold glove last year. And a lot of that is, unfortunately, the popularity sort of contest, right? And that stinks. I hate that that keeps happening basically every year um, in the sport. Soto being nominated last year was kind of a joke in a lot of ways. But you know, if you take that same kind of knowledge, if you take the popularity part of this, take that into account. Ooh, we, and he's actually playing legitimately good defense. Tatis might go out there, man. And there's some other candidates out there too. Don't get me wrong. You've got your Alex Verdugo has been very good uh, for the, Oh, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, Mookie Betts has been very good for the Dodgers, although he's been playing all over the place. I've seen him play short a couple times, but it's between kind of him and Mookie Betts in terms of just overall like National League defenders. Seiya Suzuki has actually been okay for the Chicago Cubs. Michael Conforto, another one, not great, but he's been um, okay. He's solid. He's made a couple plays that I've seen just scrolling the TV and whatnot, but it's worth bringing up. You know what I mean? Like this guy looks like he really might win a gold glove. And again, when you look at his competition, Matt Vierling, Teoscar Hernandez, Alex Verdugo, and Dolis Garcia are the top names among right fielders, qualified, of course, that come up. And those are all American League. Then you get some Mookie bets. Then you get to Ronald Acuna Jr., which is why defensive run saved is not always the best metric, by the way, because he's minus six and outs above average. So not Acuna Jr., but you get my point. Soon, Tatis will eventually qualify, and you'll start seeing him on these leaderboards because he's looked excellent. Sure, this happened last year with Jerickson Profar when he only played a few games, right? He looked excellent. He was up there in the leaderboard among left fielders and outfielders because he made a crap ton of outfield assists. But unlike Profar, Tatis is faster. He's got more zip in his step, as I've said many times before. He looks excellent. So at this point, I do not think it's an overreaction. I think I was wrong about Trent Grisham, who we'll probably have to talk about uh, on tomorrow's show or something like that. Um, I was wrong about him. He looks like he's the exact same thing as last year, which is a really plus defender and can't hit. Um, struck, struck out three times, by the way, uh, in last night's game. And Tatisto, I, I really do think, like, yes, things can get bad, but the biggest plus to me even if he's not gold glove level and maybe this evens out over time, maybe he makes a couple mistakes. He has looked like he can clearly do it. This does not look like when the Marlins put Jorge Alfaro in left field, right? Where they were just kind of hoping for the best, even though that guy was a catcher, right? doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like it at all. And it's a testament to Tatis. He should be praised for this because this is a guy who has not complained at all. He said all the right things after his suspension and, and, and deservedly the vitriol or not. I don't want to say vitriol, but the, the, the the flack that he's gotten from teammates and press and everybody and fans, he deserved it. Uh, it, was, it wasn't it was unearned, right? And he's come out and he's played. And yes, shortstop was his position. He loved it. He said that was my position. He had that one video where he was flexing when he had the, what was it? I think he got like a, a gold glove finalist, was it? In 2020, he's like, oh, he can't play sure that sarcastic video or whatever that he posted a while. He's come in. Kim is the, sh- uh, or I'm sorry, Xander Bogarts now, but. Then Hassan came at second base, the infield set, they bring in Bogarts, all these things. And he went out and he's been awesome in the outfield. He deserves a lot of credit. And I would argue it has been the best single aspect and most surprising aspect of the Padres so far is just how good Fernando Tatis Jr. has looked on defense. And I really, I have a feeling it's going to continue. I do. Uh, I was dead wrong on Grisham. I don't know why I didn't just stay with what I felt about Trent Grisham before the season. I overreacted to those first like 20 games or so, and I, or 15 games, whatever it was. And I overreacted, and I was like, I don't know. He's more aggressive at the plate. He's hitting it harder. I made a mistake. I should have stuck with my gut. Um, but still, uh, all-encompassing, Tatis, I know the offense hasn't been there. And if you're wondering why he's still third in F4, it's because of that defense, and I'm hoping that he keeps it up. Well, that was a fun and interesting show now, wasn't it? Mm. Thank you, as always, for listening, ladies and gentlemen, to the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcasts from. Please do that. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L underscore Padres. And for tomorrow's show, 
for tomorrow's show. I think it is tomorrow. Hold on. Give me a second. For tomorrow's show, doing a crossover with Locked On Yankees. The, the crossover format, that's right. Two straight days, you're going to get a cool-looking new video setup, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. So you got to see, if you're watching the video today, there's a cool new setup that you can check over here that I'm pointing to right now. Um, you can check that out, and you're going to see what it looks like in a crossover form. So really cool stuff, very exciting times for not just the Padres, but... Uh, I guess me and the content I try to do well for you. Hopefully, I hope you enjoy the show. Leave some comments below on any questions you have about the Padres. I'd love to answer them. Um, I imagine that we're going to, especially with the the current state of the team, there's going to be more questions about what do they do, trade deadline stuff, which we talked about on yesterday's show a little bit. But even still, ladies and gentlemen, I love to hear your questions. And feel free to DM me on Twitter. My DMs are open. I'm 99% sure they are. They, I'm pretty sure they're open. So go check that out. I have a pena. I, I love uh, responding to you guys. It's always a delight. And thank you for everybody who sends some kind words. But until next time, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.